Good morning and welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Mitzorah Revi'i, the fourth Aliyah in Parshish Mitzorah. The topic of our Aliyah is Plagues of the House. This Aliyah is a longer Aliyah, 20 Psukim running from Peregi, Yudala Pasuk, Lamed Gimel to Pasuk, Nun Gimel. Let's take a basic look at the overview of this Aliyah. Hashem now tells the nation of Israel, Kisavo, when you will come, El Eretz Canaan, to the land of Canaan, that I'm going to be giving to you, then there are going to be plagues which affect your houses. We've heard up till now about plagues which affect the person, their skin, their hair, and their clothes, but not their houses. This is a new section which we've not yet encountered in Pasha's Tazria or Mitzorah up till now. So a similar kind of inspection takes place where the Kohen, the priest, comes to the house, and the owner of the house presents and says, It seems that like a plague has appeared in my house. So the coin will then arm a command to empty out the house before he comes to see the plague. And he goes and he takes a look at the, at the, the plague and he looks at the, the types of plague, uh, of plague that is affecting the walls of the house. So there's different kinds of descriptions over here. There are red descriptions. There's green-yellow descriptions of what he will see. And if it is such a situation, he has to lock up the house, quarantine it for seven days. On the seventh day, he comes back. And if it is spread, then he says, you know, you have to remove those stones that the, the nega was on and throw them in a spe- specific place, an impure place outside the city. And uh, and uh, and then the, the 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 house has to be have this this place removed, and the the uh, the, the dust is placed around it. It's, it's a very complicated process to purify it. Um, and the, the, the stones have to be replaced in the place of the ones that were who they were that were affected by the plague. If the the plague comes back after the, it was fixed, the, the so to speak, a spot fixing was done. Then, oh, then in that in that case, unfortunately, the the house has to be completely destroyed to its foundation in such a situation. Um, um, and uh, and when any the house is in a state of impurity, anybody who enter the house would also become impure. As well, anybody eats in the house will have to wash their hands um, and, and uh, wash their clothes as well. Sits in the house, lies in the house, is going to become impure as well. Their clothes will become impure. Um, and we talk, we then hear about the whole process that if it does not spread, then we hear about the process of um, of the carbonos brought um, for the person who needs to. Um, purify themselves because of the plague on their house. And it sounds very similar to the korban, which is brought to the two birds at the beginning of the parasha in, par- in uh, Parsha's Mitzorah, Aliyah number one. So a few basic questions that are worthwhile noting. We did deal with how it is that you can have an organic plague affecting an inorganic object like clothes or house at the end of Parsha's Tazria. But for our purpose, a few basics to ponder. Number one is, why is it that this is described as only when we enter into the land of Israel? So Ibn Ezra says in a very beautiful language, Bavur Godel Ma'alas Haaretz. Because of the greatness of the land of Israel, Mikdash Besocham, that the sanct- the sanctuary is in it, Vakovod Besocha Mikdash, and Hashem's honor or divine presence is in the Mikdash, and therefore it can only be effective in this case. And that's what the Ramban says as well. The Ramban says it is a gift to have the plague with Saras, that when we have spiritual demerits, that it is clearly observable on our very houses, on our clothes, on our bodies. Most people today just carry on doing terrible things and they don't have any recourse. They don't have, they don't see anything has changed. And therefore they carry on doing the bad and corrupt things they do in their life. It's a gift 
to be able to see one's wrong, and that's what Saraz says, but only in a place where there's an elevated level of holiness, as the Ibn Ezra says when there's a Migdash. The Rachav HaKadosh puts it into perspective, quoting a famous Chazal, which often we see in Rashi, which is that there is a certain gift in the land of Israel, in that the, when the, the, the reason why it's called the land of Canaan and not the land of Israel here is because when the, the Canaanites heard that Israel were coming, they, they tried to put their wealth hidden behind the walls into false basements and all kinds of places. And when Tsaras would affect the houses and the walls would be broken down, all the gold and the silver would be discovered. So there was a certain hidden blessing in the plague itself as well. The Orachim takes it one step further and to point out that that's why perhaps the order of the parashios is as such. That first we have the Tsaras, which affects the body, and then the clothes, and then the house, because the, clo- the house is only going to be when they're actually entered the land of Israel. But Saraz will be in effect for the 40 years in the desert, even though it's only on the body and clothes. So it's put in that order because Hashem says, don't worry, when you get the blessing of being in the land of Israel, you'll be able to get the Saraz on the house, not just on the body and the clothes. Now, when describing it, the owner of the house says, Kenega lira nearly babais, like a plague. Well, is it a plague or is it not a plague? Why is he not saying it explicitly? Rashi says it's because he doesn't know. He's not qualified to know. Yes, you can do a lot of reading on the on the internet about all kinds of halachic things, but in the end of the day, if you're not an expert, you probably don't know. So it's better to consult an expert like we would do in any field. This is a value which is being lost in all fields today. In the medicine field, where people think they know more than the doctors and they present their findings, it is important to, to do research, but it's important to know that people have spent years and decades learning with the expertise of their particular field. It's better to give it to them. So Rashi's saying is that the coin is that expert in this case and the layman does not so no matter how many pictures he can find online by google images he's not going to know if this is really a nega so he has to say kenega it seems he has to have the humility of knowing this might not be exactly what he thinks it may be the bachor shor explains when trying to understand this that it's because that the tumor the impurity goes based on the coin's proclamation and until the coin will proclaim it there is no tumor so therefore the the uh, the person who owns the house does not have the right to say it is a nega because it is not yet proclaimed a nega by the coin yet as well. The Tosis Yantov explains a very beautiful observation and says that is to avoid the kitrug of the satan, to avoid there being this, uh, this being a situation which is worse. In life, we should not say, we wake up in the morning, we should not say, I had a bad dream. No, no, no. We, one person can say, there was a dream which disturbed me and do perhaps a tahatovas chalom. But there, a person should not say that something is bad Yet, one should not judge it as such. One does not want to invite into it interpretation, which could be negative as well. Another question and earlier, which is really remarkable, is this whole business of emptying out the house. So the coin says, before I make a judgment, before I enter the house, take out all the stuff in the house. Why is he doing that? That is very clearly in order to avoid anything in the house, the couches, anything, all the, the, the piano, the, the dining room chairs, anything from becoming impure by being in the house at the time of tumor, which just seems a little strange because if it is tome, if it is impure, it should be objectively so. How could it be that relatively, once you take it out, everything's fine? It, it was impure before, and what do you think? It suddenly switched to being impure the moment the coin walked in the house? So there's a, we see this elsewhere in Pasha's Tazria, Rashi quotes a very famous Gemara, that a coin will not proclaim a chasan, a, a person who just gets married in the first seven days of their marriage, impure from Tsaras, nor a person who's doing Ali al comes up to Yerushalayim at the time of the, um, of the festival pilgrimages. So is the person impure or not? Is the test positive or negative? Is the quarantine required or not? Why is it that, we're, that seems to be there's, there's certain exceptions to this? How does this work? 
So there's one very beautiful explanation which I think is, is important to appreciate, and that is, is that really a lot of the plagues actually come from the idea of Lashan Hara, bad speech. And the interesting thing about bad speech is sometimes we say to ourselves, yeah, does a word really matter? Does what I say really make so much of a difference in anybody's life? And the answer is yes. And you know how you're going to see that works out? Is that when the coin says Tame, at that moment onwards, it is objectively Tame. And from the moment before he says that, it was not. And therefore you can remove your furniture beforehand because his word really counts. Words make a difference. Words create words destroy in a spiritual sense and learn a little bit about how you speak that's the lesson to be learned over here it's a famous story and told about the rashash the rashash was a great um, um, a, a, a great sage living in the 19th century in vilna of shmuel strashon who was a or was also um, a businessman and a great talmudist a great um, sage and there was a person who came to repay a debt. He asked for, for, for a loan from the rabbi. The rabbi gave him a loan of 10,000 rubles. The man came to pay it back and, uh, and put it in an envelope and uh, put it, uh, gave it to the rashash while he was learning. Placed it in the rashash's gemara. The rashash was so obzu- obz- um, involved in, in his learning, he did not notice that this had happened. Put away the gemara and that was the end of it. So it came the time for the rec- recollection of the debt. And the rashash approached this individual and says, I owe you the money. I, you owe me the money. And the man says, I'm so sorry. I... I didn't, I paid you. I really, it was a large sum of money. I paid you back. Rashash says, I beg your pardon. I really, but I, I didn't receive it. And so the Rashash didn't want to push this further, but you know, people got to hear and they, they understood that this person owed 10,000 rubles to the Rashash. And, and, uh, and, you know, when the community had to make a judgment between this fellow and this holy rabbi, the, they, 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 they understood that they, and they thought that really this was uh, this was this person trying to avoid a debt. Until quite a while later when the Rashash opened up this particular Vesechta, this Gomorrah, and he found the 10,000 rubles and he realized what had happened and he felt absolutely terrible. What can you do now? People's perception. You know, look what people are saying on the street, words that can destroy people's lives. So he didn't know what to do. And he said, if I go and I'll exonerate him publicly, people are going to say, oh, what a tzaddik. Look, the Rashash is giving up. He's being mavater. He's trying to be such a nice person. But that's not really what happened. So the Rashash said, no, he didn't know what to do. So he said, you know what? The best thing he can do is he says, we'll make an, arra- um, a- a- an arrangement. You have a daughter, I have a son, and they made a shidduch between them that their children got married. That was the only way he could be able to possibly save this person from the bad lang- of the language. And the Rashash wasn't the one who created this. But nonetheless, the situation, the idea of what words people say can destroy people's standing, their lives forever. That's what, the, the, therefore, the, the, le- the lesson of language and what words can do is taught very much in the way that a person repairs this. Important question over here is that famously we know that um, Rashi quotes us, this is a Gemara which tells us that Saras, this plague, appears in first sequential, sequential stages. Then first the house, then the clothes, and then the body. So what's interesting is that that's not the way the Torah puts it. First the Torah does the, the opposite way around. It does the body first in Pasha Tazria, then the clothes, and then the house. Why would that be if the way that it went was from the outwards to the inwards? So one's possessions, one's closer possessions, and one's body. Um, why would it be placed in this opposite order? So there's a few different ways we can look at this. One possibility is is that this, uh, this, uh, the idea of tzaras is a deterrent. Uh, Hashem does not want a person to get tzaras. Hashem wants to warn a person. So Hashem warns us with the worst possible suggestion first. Meaning, could it really affect your own body? You could have welts upon your own skin. Be very careful. Don't let that happen to you. That's possibility number one. Another possibility is that it's possible that, the, as the Medrash describes, the point of it is, is that for a person, um, to uh, technically speaking, 
would have necessitated getting it on their body first. But Hashem had a little bit of Rachmanus. Hashem had a, a, gave us a milder form only on one's house, only on one's possessions before it affects the body. God forbid when anybody goes through any sickness and recovers, they realize that they would much rather have given their car, much given the, you know, the, the bench in their front yard than, than anything about their health. But Hashem says, you know, I'm going to allow it to, I'm going to allow it to affect the things that are inanimate, but really it should have affected you first, which is why it's put this way. And finally, the idea we saw in the Rachem which is that this is the first possibility of Tzara's affecting a person was in fact on their bodies and their clothes because they were not in the land of Israel when this mitzvah was given and that would only come later on. And therefore, even the mitzvah was Ladaras for all generations, but the application was somewhat limited um, in the first uh, the commandment when it was actually given. With this, to conclude the fourth Aliyah, in the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.